Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Different Strokes to Move the World, an unofficial Different Strokes podcast. Well today, the episode I'm focusing on is from Season 1, it's episode 14, entitled The Tutor, which aired February 9th, 1979. In this episode, Willis is doing poorly in school, so Mr. Drummond hires a tutor. However, he is not pleased by his unconventional methods of teaching. This episode has a 7.4 out of 10 based on 64 ratings. We do have one guest star, Barry Diamond, playing Danny Rose. He plays the tutor. This episode was directed by Herbert Kenwith, writers Sandy Veith, Bernie Kukoff, the creator, and Jeff Harris, the creator. And of course, there are no tri- there's no trivia, there's no goofs. Um, I don't believe I did explain what I'm going to be doing with this podcast going forward. Instead of going through episode by episode, season by season, I've decided to take a different approach with this. Actually, it's quite similar to my Boy Meets World podcast, which I've decided just to go, since these episodes are only, you know, I do an episode a month. And I decided to do an episode from each, once a month, I'll pick an episode from each season. So this month I'm doing season one, next month I'm doing season two, and then season three, an episode, and so on and so forth. And then when I get to season eight, I'll go back up to season one one, and pick out another episode. I do have a set list of the episodes that I am doing. A lot of them do have to deal with the serious episodes. Next month, I will be doing the two-part episode, Arnold's Girlfriend, which I believe is the season opener of season two. So before I get into the podcast itself, I do want to let you know, if you're new to the podcast, that there is a Facebook page that you can follow along with. It's Different Strokes to Move the World. A Different Strokes podcast. You can just type in Different Strokes podcast. The page should show up in the search bar. If you have memories or thoughts on episodes that I've done or plan to do, or your own memories of watching these episodes on television, I want to hear what you guys say. So you can send a email to Punky Power PB Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can just message me on the Facebook page. Also, the Different Strokes Podcast does share space with the Punky Power PB Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. Alright, so without further ado, let's jump into the episode The Tutor. Alright, so we come out of the intro, we are in the dining area, Arnold's sitting at the table with a comic, the kids love comics, the boys love these comics, and Arnold is just laughing his head off, and Mrs. Garrett's like, Arnold, what's so funny? He's like, oh, I'm laughing at this alien that's got three heads. Like, the, the one of the heads is trying to sleep and the other two are keeping him awake. <laughs> and I love Mrs. Garrett. She's like, I wish I had three heads. I said, one to the beauty parlor. 
one to the dentist, and one will be looking at pictures of John Travolta. And she tries to do the stance from uh, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> and, of course, she's right up against the door as Willis comes through the door, ends up kind of hitting her in the, <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> he's, he's got his basketball. And Mrs. Garrett says, watch where you're going, Willis. You just knocked me in my Travolta. <laughs> so Willis says, hey, I got to get to basketball practice. By the way, it's Captain Willis because they just elected me captain of the basketball team. All right. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, I remember he was into basketball. He was also into baseball. I don't know about the football. I think Arnold might have been doing a little bit of the football. But, yeah. Of course, Arnold is heckling Willis. Like, oh, Captain Willis, huh? Hey, maybe you can get a girlfriend now. Well, we don't see him with a steady girlfriend until Charlene, who's played by Janet Jackson, but she won't come along until season four. So Mrs. Garrett's like, hey, how about some milk, Willis? And Willis's like, eh, no, milk slows me down. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, after you drink milk, it sometimes just doesn't really sit right. It's just, yeah. Arnold makes a joke about, hey, have you ever seen a cow shoot a basket? And Mrs. Garrett makes a joke about, that would be an utter impossibility. <laughs> so Arnold asks Willis the million dollar question as Willis is bouncing the basketball. It's like, hey, Willis, how'd you do on that old report card? Immediately, Willis stops bouncing the ball. He's like, about that. But yeah, it's report card day. And Willis like, hey, Arnold, how'd you do? And he says he did better than he thought if he... I'm confused how he words it. Then I guess if he hadn't have... I guess he just did better than he did the last time, basically, to sum that up. They're just going to say, well, I did better than if I hadn't done anything at all or something like that. So Mrs. Garrett asks Willis how he did, and Willis is like, well, I got a D. And Mrs. Garrett's like, okay, just one D. And he's like, yeah, a D in geography, a G, a, a G, a D in history, and a D in reading. Ugh. So it sounds like... I think maybe basketball has taken up either a lot of his time or a lot of his focus, and he's not really leaving much time to hit the books. And Arnold says, oh, Willis, you mean you didn't get an A in your best subject? And Willis is like, what is what subject would that be? And Arnold says, recess. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine if you were graded on recess? Oh, boy. I'd fail. Usually, in elementary school, I was usually hanging around the um, recess monitors. And they would be like, go play with the kids! Go play with the kids! Go swing on the swings or slide on the slide. And Willis gets irritated. It's like, you got two teeth missing. Do you want to try for no teeth? Willis is like, oh, this is terrible. This is the first report card I got since we moved in with Mr. Drummond. And it's worse than when I left Harlem. Or it's worse than when I was in Harlem. Ugh. So Mrs. Garrett's like, look, it's a new school. You're in a new place with new teachers and everything. I'm sure Mr. Drummond will understand. And Willis is like, yeah, but will he understand this note that my teacher sent home with me? Willis is just looking at the sealed envelope. Gosh, 
for my sake, I wish I knew what was in it. And Arnold's like, yeah, for your sake, I hope it's a Christmas card. <laughs> nervous because he he knows that Philip is not going to be too happy with his grades. You know, I'm just going to go back to calling him Mr. Drummond. That's why I'm not confusing everyone. I'm like, who's Philip? <laughs> so, Willis goes up to Mr. Drummond's like, hey, Mr. D, I guess I should have a talk to you about something. But, I mean, I see you're busy, so don't worry. Nah, never mind, never mind. And he starts to go towards the stairs. Arnold goes over to Mr. Drummond and says, Yeah, you're too busy, and may I be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. And, of course, Mr. Drummond's like, What? I don't understand. No, he's like, Merry Christmas? What's going on? He's looking at Willis, who's inching his way to the stairs. All right, what's going on? Oh, here comes Kimberly with a report card. Oh, boy. She's got hers in hand. She's like, hey, how'd you guys do on your report cards? Oh, shoot. It's exactly what Willis was trying to avoid. Oh, this ain't good. This is not good. And Mr. Drummond's like, oh, report card. Oh, now I get it. And, of course, we see Willis running up the stairs. Willis comes down the stairs as Mr. Drummond says, hey, I really love to see the report cards. And Willis is like, well, how about you look at Kimberly's first? That way you'll be in a good mood. Kimberly shows her father, her report card. Of course, she did, you know, she did good. And he's like, all right, boys, you're next. Let's see yours. And I love how Willis is, like, nudging Arnold, like, okay, you're up. Go, go, go. 
So Arnold hands Mr. Drummond his report card, and he's like, oh, yeah, good. Oh, Arnold, it says you got to see him fizz out. What's up with that? So Arnold's like, uh, because of the long hurdles. And Kimberly asks, what's wrong with that? And Arnold says, they weren't low enough. Meredith is expecting that young boy to try to jump them hurdles? Come on. I'm five foot. Okay, I never had to do that in phys ed. Run around the gym for ten minutes? Sure. But we never had to jump any hurdles. So it says, instead of jumping over them, I ran under them. What grade? I mean, if Arnold's like nine years old, then he's in what? Third, fourth grade? Forgetting with Arnold, he's nine when he looks like he's he's six. But then again, I mean, it's not really so much attributing to, so much to his size, but the way you know he carries himself. I mean, I know that kids are full of energy and stuff. Like, but sometimes it's just that Arnold, like even in Goodbye Dolly, Arnold just he acted more like he was like five or six. I mean, I get it, he missed his doll. But his character just comes off more, like, on the younger side when he's, like, eight or nine years old. So, I love how Will is like, here, Arnold, come over here and I'll talk to you about how to, like, beat those hur hurdles. And, of course, Mr. Trimsley, uh, Willis, I haven't seen your report card yet. Ugh. <laughs> you are not getting out of this, man. You are not getting out of it. So... Willis hands his report card to Mr. Drummond, and just the words, like, oh my goodness, oh my, oh no. And poor Willis is just sinking lower and lower, like, oh, I know, no, it's bad. I honestly, the only time I can remember my dad even saying remotely anything in regard to any report card that I got would have been my seventh grade report card and that would have been because we had made a deal like I brought up my grades and he'd take me to a movie and that I think would have been one of the first movies we ever saw in the theater together we went and saw Jumanji in 1995 and I oh my gosh I remember that day because the preview in front of Jumanji was Homer Bound 2 Lost in San Francisco I'm like yeah, I want to see that movie and my dad's like, okay, let's just watch Jumanji first, okay? <laughs> Relax. Willis lifts his head up. He's like, uh, how do you like it so far? Well, now was Willis in junior high? Because he's like 13, right? That he would be in junior high. So if those are three classes that he's getting D's in, then what are the other three or four classes that he's not getting D's in? And Mr. Drummond says, you know, Willis, this isn't good. You got three Ds. And Kimber's like, hey, at least he's consistent. And Arnold even's like, hey, I mean, if you think about it, the 22 letters that come after D, this isn't so bad. Like, I, I get it. They're trying to try to cushion the blow. And they're like, hey, it's not as bad as it seems. And the thing is, I don't get, this is 1978 school system. So, I don't know what, I mean, if your grades start to drop, don't they eventually either have a call home, or they would have had a letter prior to the report cards coming out? I mean, why would you send a letter as the report cards are coming out to say, oh, your child has uh, not taken his study seriously, or he's not focused, or he's distracted, or something like that? Why would you wait till then? I know the teacher's got a bunch of students they got to focus on and everything like that. They can't always be making calls home with the kids 
who are like a B average are like falling to a D or so. I mean, I don't know what Willis's grades were in Harlem or anything like Because he said the grades that I got here are worse than when I was in Harlem. So was he pulling C's maybe? So Willis hands the letters like, well, I guess I may as well give you this now. Uh, yeah, Ugh, I, I can't, that, that letter is pretty much probably going to say Willis is distracted in class, he's not focused, his mind is elsewhere, he's not giving full consideration to his studies, you know, stuff like that, I'm sure. Oh, wow, uh, <laughs> this is even worse. The teacher says, and I'm guessing this is just like it is now, your grades, if you're playing a sport, if your grades fall below a certain point that you got to keep them at, yeah, he says, he or she says, Willis is off the team, the basketball team, until his grades improve, which is understandable. I remember, you know, I wasn't in a sport, but I do remember the kids in my class that were on, like, the basketball team, the wrestling team, the football team, whatever. They would have to have a sheet signed by all their teachers stating what, you know, a, a progress report to kind of see where their grades are to make sure that they can stay on the team. Which, apparently this is news to Willis. Like, what? They can't do that. I just made captain of the basketball team. It's like, apparently they can do that, Willis. Apparently he missed that fine print when he signed up. I mean, I'm sure the coach has got his... The coach, I'm sure, is like, hey, you gotta keep up your grades or you're off the team. I'm not taking any exceptions or excuses. Willis isn't the only one. I mean, even Arnold and Kimberly. Are you kidding me? Seriously? And, and Willis is just like, what? Say what now? He is, he, Willis is P.O.'d. He is furious. He's like, they can't do that to me. I'm the team captain. It's like, buddy, they can do that. They did do it. They're doing it. It's done. I'm not surprised that his coaching sit Willis down and say, hey, man, look, you're the team captain. You're a leader here, not just on the court, but also in the classroom. You, you you gotta be getting these good grades, not just to stay on the team, but also help, you know, keep your teammates, you know, focused. If you get good grades and everything, that, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see that being the case. So Drummer, Mr. Drummond's like, hey, look, the only way you're gonna get back on this team is if you get your grades up. And, well, so, and how am I gonna do that? Drummond's like, don't worry, we will think of something. So apparently they have to go start studying. Like, we just got a report card. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, every three, isn't every, every quarter, because the school year is nine months long, so every three months is a new semester, right? A new quarter? You know, I got my transcript for high school around somewhere, and I remember because freshman year, I did great, but by senior year, my grades were not good, as in, I think I just stopped really caring. Which is really, really sad. I wish I had had something to kind of motivate me and really push me and everything and been really interested in something. I mean, if this version of me was going to school, I definitely could have seen myself wanting to maybe go to college for something. And Arnold's coming like, oh, both of us got to go upstairs and study? I mean, it's Willis that's the dummy. And you just see Willis turn around like he's about ready to belt his little brother. Of course, Arnold's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, Willis. 
We know you did, Arnold. And Drummond says, now, Arnold, it wouldn't be too bad for you to go study. And <laughs> Arnold says, yes, it would. I'm being unjustly edu educated. So before Willis goes upstairs, he hands Mr. Drummond the basketball. So well, I guess I won't be needing this anymore. I love how Arnold apologizes as he and Willis are walking up the stairs. And just like, hey, Willis, I didn't mean that about you being a dummy, okay? It was just... I love, you know, after the boys goes up, go upstairs, Kimberly's going to bat for Willis. She's like, I don't think it's fair. I mean, basketball is really important to Willis. And Mr. Drummond says, you know, so is education, honey, but Willis doesn't seem to understand that. So Mr. Drummond decides, you know, Kimberly, I got an idea that just might help Willis. I think I'm going to get him a tutor. So he's going to go through a friend of his that works at the university and see who he recommends. I think this is a great way, I mean, a tutor to try to help a Willis get into some better study habits. I mean, what's it going to do? Just start at page one of the history book and just, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> there, there are efficient ways to study. Now, I wasn't a big studier in school. I really I wasn't taking a bunch of notes or anything like that. But like I said in the past, I mean... My type of schooling versus other schooling was quite a, it was a little bit different. All right, boys. Hi, Mr. Drummond. Hi. Don't worry, Willis. Hey, Mr. D. Mm. I guess I should have a talk with you. Uh, you know, uh, I guess you're too busy to forget it. Yeah, you're too busy, and may I be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas? What's going on? Well, Daddy. Oh, hi, sweetheart. Hello, fellas. I just got to your report cards. Report cards? Oh, now I get it. Uh, Willis. <laughs> I'd really like to see them. Why don't you look at Kimberly's parts so you'd be in a good mood? <laughs> sure, here, Daddy. I did okay. Well, we'll figure out something. 
But right now, you can go upstairs and start studying. Both of you. Both of us? As well as with the dummies. <laughs> Now, Arnold, it won't hurt you to go either. Yes, it would. I'm being unjustly educated. <laughs> Upstairs and hit the book, both of them. Let's go. I guess I won't be needing this anymore. Let's see that about you being a dummy with I'm sorry. Well, Daddy, I don't think it's fair. Basketball's too important to Willis. Well, so is education, honey, but Willis doesn't seem to understand that yet. I think I know how I can help him. How? I'm going to get Willis a tutor. I'll ask a friend of mine who's a professor at the university. All right, in the next scene, of course, we get to meet Danny Rose. He is going to be Willis's tutor. And as soon as he steps into the Drummond home, it's like he is just looking just at everything. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing what you can get on a GI loan. What, what? That's right, because I thought that at one point, uh, Mr. Drummond had served in the war, one of them. Because there's an episode much, much, much down uh, the line with there was a girl that Mr. Drummond had, had been with, but because there's this guy that shows up, like, claiming, like, oh... I'm your son, and there's a whole story behind that. But, no, I mean, Mr. Drummond, with his businesses, that's how he got that penthouse. Mrs. Mrs. Garrett's like, oh, well, you could say it's kind of spacious. And he's like, spacious? You could fit all of Milwaukee in here. Danny Rose refers to, oh, because Mr. Drummond's on the phone, that's why he didn't, uh, answer Danny. Okay. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, is that Mr. Drummond, the tycoon? This is Garrett's like, oh, relax. Look, he's just a regular person like you and I. Yes, uh, Drummond's on the phone with Tokyo with a, a big business firm, like, or uh, business talk, business talk. So Mrs. Garrett tells Mr. Drummond, like, this is the voice tutor. And when we see Danny, he's just dressed in jeans, a white shirt, and one of those polyester jackets. A maroon polyester jacket with yellow stripes. So, the guy is kind of being a smidge of a jokester. Like, you might know my, know my pa, he sells hot dogs at the Yankee Stadium. And, it's just, and, and Mr. Drummond is just looking at, like, this guy looks like a goofball. You know, I want someone who's going to be serious and help Willis get his grades up and everything. And he's just like, I, he's just got this, I don't know about you. I don't think this is going to work out. Yeah, Mr. Drummond starts questioning him, like, how long have you been tutoring? And Danny's like, oh, looking at him, like, oh, what time is it now? It's like, dude, seriously, this is not, and someone hired you for a job, you're making jokes. It's like... You're supposed to be a tutor for kids. And I get it. I like that when we actually see Danny tutoring, he is actually, he's quite serious about it. But I like that he tries to make, you know, learning fun in a way that Willis can understand it. Like, he breaks it down in a way that he can understand it. And, of course, 
here comes Arnold and Willis. Like, here you go. This is the tutor I was telling you about. This is Danny Rose. And, of course, Willis right away is like, nah, I don't need no tutor. No, actually, well, they're pretty cool. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? And Mr. Drummond says, these are my sons, Arnold and Willis. And, of course, because Mr. Drummond is white and the boys are black, he's like, Danny's like, oh, I didn't know you were black. And Arnold's like, well, neither did we until we were born. It's like, hey, black I like, just don't be funnier than the teacher, so let's go get to work. This guy, man, but no, he surprises it. It just, I was a little, honestly, honestly, I was unsure of how, when I first saw this episode, I was really like, I, like, I don't know about this guy. He makes me a little nervous. Like, he's being a little bit of a jokester. Like, eh. Like, whether he was actually going to tutor the kids or just, like, make jokes with them and stuff like that. But no, this guy, this guy did take me by surprise. What time is it now? <laughs> oh, here you are. Hi. Hi. Fellas. Uh, this is the man I was telling you about. This is Danny Rose. He's going to be your tutor. Oh, how you doing? Oh, yeah. uh, these are my sons, Arnold and Willis. Hey, how about that? I didn't know you were black. We didn't either until we were born. <laughs> black I like. Just don't be funnier than a teacher. Come on, let's get to work. So the boys take Danny up to their room, and Willis right away is like, where do you want to, what do you want to start with, Mr. Rose? And of course, Danny's like, ah, call me Danny. So, okay, Willis immediately is, I don't know what Danny's deal is, the way that he's like, I don't know, black downstairs and blah, 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 blah. I don't know what he's trying to do, but Willis right away is like, hey, no making fun of us, man. And of course, Arnold's like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, okay. He's like, hey, loosen up. I wasn't making fun. I'm a, in the League of Nations. And of course, Arnold's like, what you talking about, Danny? This guy just, he doesn't, this beginning part of him, it just, he doesn't jive well. I just, I don't, I immediately was getting, like, nervous, nervous. Like, no, he's not the bicycle man, but this just, bleh. What his angle is, is he's trying to be fun with the kids, but now he's coming off offensive, and it's like, that's not how you get to a kid on their level. You don't, ugh. He's really off. Like, I didn't know you were, but it's like, Dude, you covered that downstairs. You don't need to bring that up again. And if that's a problem, then there's the door. But Mr. Drummond hired you to be a tutor and work on subjects. So you either do that and stop flapping your lip or just leave. Because at some point, I know, I remember this episode, Mr. Drummond is going to be like, I don't see any progress being made. What exactly are you doing to help Willis? Where do you want to start, Mr. Rose? Hey, that's Danny. And look, nobody told me you guys were black. So if I seemed a little bit of surprise, blood that just because that I was surprised, right? Don't make fun of us, man. Yeah, I got a short fuse. <laughs> hey, hold it. 
come on now. Loosen up. I wasn't making fun on it. Yeah, right. I'm a the League of Nations. Don't know what that is. In the neighborhood where I grew up, there was every nationality. There was Joey D'Annunzio, Italian. He was a little guy about this big. There was Mikapopoulos, the Greek. There was Spanish, German, Polish, and every color you could think of. <clears throat> there was even one kid who was plaid. He spoke perfect plaidish. <laughs> and you never heard so many accents. Like a guy would say, uh, Good morning, Yosu. How's by you? And that was the Chinese kid. <laughs> so we're friends, right? Am I right? Yeah, right. All right. Get down. Okay, you guys. Let's get serious, okay? <laughs> Willis, I'm going to find out what's been keeping you off the basketball team, okay? Do Drew have any trouble reading? <laughs> I read okay, Daddy. Oh, yeah, he reads real good, no matter what everybody says. <laughs> Willis, you read first, then Arnold will read. Reading out loud is dumb. It's like talking to yourself. You meet the nicest people that way. Now go ahead. A large theater is known as King Arthur's Round Table. Most of the... I hate this stuff. Anyway, I got bad memories. No, you don't. Your head just has a slow leak. <laughs> Why should I wear myself on studying in school? When I know basketball's where the real bread is. Willis, there's more to life than just athletics. Go tell that to Dr. J. He pulls down a million bucks a year, and he don't even make house calls. He's also a college man. Okay, if basketball's your thing, let's see how smart you are, okay? Who won the NBA championship game in 1973? The Knicks when they beat the Lakers. How about 74? The Celtics. The Celtics again in 76. 77, the Trailblazers. 78, hey, 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 hey. What happened to the guy with the bad memory? You only missed one. Yeah, you skipped 75. 1975? We won in 1975. Come on, Willis, you can remember. No. In 75, Cincinnati won the World Series. The Steelers won the Super Bowl. Who won the NBA? I don't know. Come on, think. You can remember. I can, dog. Stop pushing me. I'm not pushing, but I think you can remember. I can't. You know, I just can't remember. Whoa! Danny offensive with these impressions that he's doing. I know it's 1978 when this episode aired and stuff, but I can definitely see people just not... Ugh. But anyway, he decides to have Willis read from... He's reading... The first sentence he's reading about King Arthur's round table. I'm like, is that part of the curriculum? It must be. I mean, I don't see any other reason why he'd have that book if it wasn't. So he tries to, he doesn't have an issue with reading. He even says, like, reading out loud is stupid. It's like talking to yourself. And he starts to read, and he kind of stumbles. He kind of, he, he kind of, he, he mumbles through it a little bit. Like he's, you can tell he's not into it. And then it's like, 
whether he can not he can't pronounce a certain word or he just gets frustrated and slams the book shut. He's like, I don't understand why I need to even do this. And Danny struggles to make Willis understand, like, you know, you basically, <laughs> education is important. And Willis is like, well, Dr. J is making a million dollars a year. And, and Danny's like, yeah, he is, but he also went to college. And Danny figures the way to get to Willis and get him kind of learning some of these things, like the, the stats of, like, okay, and this year of 1974, who, who won, you know, this game? Who won that game in that year? And he's going through 74, then 76, and 77. And Danny's like, wait, 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 wait. You forgot 1975, and Willis is, like, I did? He, he didn't even realize he'd skipped over it. Okay, hold on. Let's go back to when he's reading about King Arthur and the Round Table. I'm not sure. He stumbles on on a word which we don't know because he slams the book shut, and he mentions how he has a bad memory. And yeah, Willis will say, "Why should I wear myself out studying in school and struggling and stuff like that when I know that basketball is where the real bread is?" And even Danny's kind of saying the same thing that Drummond was. It's like there's more to life than athletics. Like, you might be good at athletics, and you have a skill, but you also have... I mean, think about all the people you know, that get scholarships to go to college based on a, a, a sport. You still gotta maintain your grades. I mean, my gosh. Oh, it seems like Willis is really big. I mean, not just basketball, but later we'll see he's very big into baseball as well at some point it's like all right so basketball's your thing let's see if we can use this to our advantage why don't you tell me who won the champion nba championship in 1973 yeah he, he's on fire it's like yeah in 73 it was the knicks versus the the lakers and then of course in 74 you had the celtics and the so on and so forth and then the trailblazers and the and the everything and then danny stops and wait 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 you missed 1975. Actually, no, Danny's like, whoa, what happened to the guy with the bad memory? I mean, you technically only really missed 1975. Yeah, that's pretty good I'm for, for mem remembering, you know, stats like that and stuff like that. But that's the thing. When you're passionate about something, you want to you wanna learn about it. So Willis is like, 1975? And he's struggling. He's like, who won in 1975? So, yeah, he's like, come on, Willis, you you can remember that. In 1975, Cincinnati won the World Series. So he's, like, starting with uh, baseball and Steelers won the Super Bowl. It's like, who won the NBA championship? And Willis is, he's frustrated. It's like, he can't remember. And Danny is pushing him. It's like, come on, you can remember this. And Willis gets up. He's like, hey, man, stop pushing me. I can't remember. And Willis gets so angry that he takes that book and he throws it against the door right as Mr. Drummond is opening it. And Drummond is like, what's going on in here? And for a sake, you think it, the shot lingers on Willis's face. Like he's eventually going to, you know, say 
but then it, you know, cuts to commercial. Yeah, and, and Willis is just, he, he, he's so angry, he's so frustrated that he can't remember. And yes, there is a reason that he can't remember, but of course I'm not going to spoil that. N not yet until it's revealed. So of course, in the next scene, Mr. Drummond goes downstairs. He's got to be upset because it does not sound like Danny is really being productive with the boys when it comes to studying. Like, Willis is getting angry. And I think that Mr. Drummond is regretting bringing Danny in to help tutor the boys. How's it going with the boys and the tutor, Mrs. Robinson? Well, Willis just threw a book at him. Oh, my. In my day, we used to bring our teachers apples. <laughs> I'm afraid Mr. Rose isn't the right tutor. I've never seen Willis so upset. It looks like a bad situation. <laughs> Mr. Drummond, there's something holding him back, and I'm going to find out what it is. I just laid some heavy psychology on him. Mm -hmm. What was that? Well, I told him if he didn't study, we were going to send him to Appalachia to live with the Waltons. <laughs> uh, it's Mr. Yamashita calling again from Tokyo. Uh, excuse me, I have to take this call. It's very important. Sayonara. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so Mr. Drummond tells Mrs. Garrett that Lewis, why did I say Lewis? Willis was so angry that he threw a, like, seemed like he threw a book at Danny. Well, he threw it at the door. And Danny comes down and he's like, hey, I really think there's something holding Willis back. And I think we're just about at a, bait, at a breakthrough here. So I want to keep, you know, getting at him to see if we can kind of, and... And of course, Mr. Sherman's like, oh, well, he threw in a book, a book at a door, so maybe if he breaks a few windows and some furniture, maybe you'll finally get him. And of course, Danny makes a joke like, hey, if I told him if he doesn't bring his grades up, like we'll ship him out to Appalachia to live with the Waltons or something like that. But I like this is just Danny's way of how he. I like that he's committed, he's not going to give up on Willis, and he's like, I want to see where this goes, if we can actually get him. There's something in his mind, he's blocking out for some reason. I understand that Mr. Drummond, like, he doesn't feel like progress is being made. It's like, no, it is, this is just Danny's way of how he's handling it. Now, whether Danny, you know, being, he's... I'm sure that he's tutored others, and maybe sometimes he can recognize there's something going on with a student for some reason, whether it's kind of similar to what Willis is going through, or not, that just, I mean, he's just, you could even call these unconventional ways of tutoring, or, or however, but, so, when Mr. Drummond gets off his phone call, with his business phone call, he's just like, I don't understand Danny. I mean, he's not what I pictured a tutor to be. 
I think what really irritates Mr. Drummond is the fact that he sees Danny and he just sees, like, oh, this isn't someone who takes their job seriously. Because, I mean, Danny comes in, he's all jokes and this and that, and it's like... I mean, I get it, you want sometimes someone who can relate to the kids and everything on their level, that's great, but... that You don't want to give off that first impression to your prospective employer. But then again, like I said, everyone has their own methods of how they help someone learn something. Care to the individual and their needs. No, I mean Danny. He came very highly recommended, but he certainly isn't my idea of what a tutor ought to be. He doesn't even seem to take his job seriously. Teachers have to have a sense of humor nowadays. They don't make as much as garbage collectors. <laughs> So now we go back up to the boys' room, and Arnold is just saying how good he is at everything except for arithmetic. He's saying how two and two is four, and three plus one is four, and four and zero is four. <laughs> Why don't they make up their minds? That's just how numbers are, buddy. So Arnold's like, hey, Willis, how's it going with uh, the book over there? And Willis again throws the book. Like, that book is just, he, that book's having a bad day <laughs> at the hands of Willis. And he's like, I just, I don't, I'm not into this. Like, yeah, I mean, I cannot, ugh. books like that, and honestly, when I was like nine or ten, I did like the great illustrated classic books, the ones where the print was large, there were pictures on every other page, and yes, I know they were for kids, I mean, I was a kid when I was nine and ten. But it helped break the story down for me. Uh, the Call of the Wild, Black Beauty, Frankenstein, Dr. Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was the first book, I think, that I had ever... That was my first experience reading a flashback in a book. And I remember having to go back like a couple times to read and understand this is, the scene in this book is not taking place at the present time. This is a flashback. It's taking play, pay, place in the past. And Arnold's like, Willis, how are you going to get back on the team if you don't study? And Willis is saying how Danny really bugs him. I think it's because he's starting to says Danny's pushing me about 1975 you know and, and pushing Willis to read it's like dude that's what a tutor does but I mean you're not helping yourself if you're gonna keep pushing back and Arnold grabs the book he's like come on Willis stick your nose in this book and Willis is like I don't understand how he got all those D's and Willis asks Arnold's like Arnold do you think I'm dumb Arnold's like, no, I think you're smart. And Willis is like, thanks. <laughs> Arnold's like, sometimes you even look smart. And Arnold's like, come on, read the book. And Willis gets off the bed. He's like, no, and stop pushing me. And Willis is like, oh, you're worse than Danny. And Arnold grabs the basketball and says, hey, at least one of the Jacksons will be on the basketball team. <laughs> Arnold starts bouncing the ball and says, make way for Dr. A. <laughs> Bounce that basketball on carpet. <laughs> Sorry, I 
test the boys' knowledge and review what they've learned in the past week. Danny starts with Arnold and asks him the question about what was New York called before it became New York. And he gives <laughs> Arnold a little hint. After his Arnold's first guess is uh, the Big Apple. Like, what was New York called before it was called New York? And Arnold says, the Big Apple? And Danny's like, well, no. Here's a hint. It sounds like 
an animal, a small animal that runs on a wheel. And I was like, Hamsterdam? <laughs> it says New Hamsterdam. <laughs> well, there you go. And before he had said that, he also said another name of New York before it became New York. Fun City. Well, <laughs> I've never been to New York. That does sound like that would definitely be a fun time visiting sites and just looking at stuff just uh, it just sounds like so much fun so he Danny heads over to Willis and asks what the ten rights of the Constitution are called what the ten rights of the Constitution are called and our uh, Willis is like the Bill of Rights and you got it right okay so Danny brings up and I had to put this in, I, I, I want to look up what this was, because I've never heard of it, of course. Danny brings up a question to Willis, what was, uh, there's um, a presidential scandal with the president and a bunch of his buddies. What was it? And Willis says the teapot dome scandal. I kept thinking, I, I thought he was saying like tea party something like, well that's the Boston tea party and that's 1773. So, the Teapot Dome scandal was a bribery scandal involving the administration of United States President G. Warren Hart. G. Ugh. President Warren G. Harding from 1921 to 23. Secretary of Interior Albert Bacon Fall had leased Navy Petroleum Reserves at Teapot Dome in Wyoming, as well as two locations in California, two private oil companies at low rates without competitive bidding. Um, leases were the subject of a seminal investigation by Senator Thomas J. Walsh. Convicted of accepting bribes from the oil companies, Fall became the first presidential cabinet member to go to prison. No one was convicted of paying the bribes. Before the Watergate scandal, Teapot Dome was referred, regarded as the greatest and most sensational scandal in the history of American politics. Damaged the reputation of the Harding administration, which was already severely diminished by its controversial handling of the Great Railroad Strike of 1922. Congress subsequently passed legislation and to this day, giving subpoena power to the House and the Senate for a review of tax regards of any U.S. citizen, regardless of elected appointed position. Resulting laws are also considered to have <clears throat> empowered the role of Congress more general. Got okay. Well, there is a scandal there. That's all I got from that. I just wonder why call it the Teapot Dome. Like, what? It has nothing to do with tea. From what I gathered, it sounded like it had something to do with like someone charging someone for the price of oil. I don't know. Danny's like, well, that's good, Willis, but I'm actually referring to another time with another president with his group of buddies that caused a scandal. And he's referring to the Watergate scandal in 1975. Oh, he's saying that some the president and some of his buddies went to jail in 1975. Okay, it says, the Watergate scandal was a political scandal in the United States involving the administration and U.S. President Richard Nixon from 72 to 74 that led to Nixon's resignation. Scandal stemmed from the Nixon's administration's continuous attempts to cover it up its involvement in the June 17, 1972 break-in of the Democratic National Committee headquarters at Washington, D.C. Watergate office building. Okay. 
It says here on September 8th, 1974, Nixon's successor, Gerald R. Ford, pardoned him. So that was uh, almost a month prior to when Nixon resigned from office on August 9th, 1974. Okay. Well, I wasn't around then, but, and I heard a little bit of that. I mean, my, what I got from that whole Watergate-Nixon scandal, I would have learned more. I mean, I think I was semi-aware of it when I saw it in the movie Forrest Gump when that came out in 94. I, I think I had heard of the Watergate scandal and Richard Nixon, but as far as any more details than that, that's about all I got from it. So, Danny figures, like, for whatever reason, Willis is blocking out all of 1975. Like, anything to do with either sports or any current events, anything that went on during that time. And he suggests to, well, even Willis is like, well, wait a minute, how am I going to get on the ba back on the basketball team if you're not, te you know, tutoring me? And Danny's like, well, we're going to take a field trip. We're actually, we're going to go to the island of Manhattan. And I I cut this part out because I, I, I can definitely say that this doesn't age well with him talking about Indians, but we refer to them now as Native Americans and just, you know, doing that, blah, 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 you know how they did back then. Even, even when I was a kid, I mean, you know, the song the Five Little Indians and all that stuff, and it's just like, it doesn't age well, and Danny and the boy, it's just, it sounds, it's just so very offensive that I didn't want to include that in the clip, so. Yeah, he's just... When Danny is bringing up 1975 and Watergate, or do you remember that presidential scandal in 1975? And Willis is like, no, nah, I don't remember. And the way that he's, you know, putting his hand to a forehead, it's like he's got his own mental block there that's just wiped out 1975. And Willis, I think, knows what is so important about 1975 because he's like, will you get off my back, Danny? And Arnold's like, yeah, you better get off his case, Danny, before the books start flying south for the winter. Yeah, Danny's like, hey, let's put the books away for the day. And that's where Willis is like, but Danny, if you don't teach me, how am I going to get back on the basketball team? And it's like, hey, I didn't say we were done learning for the day. I just said we're not going to learn with the books. There are other ways to learn. And he's like, we're going to take it a little trip to Manhattan. And he says, there are other ways to open up a guy's head, Willis. <laughs> uh, and Arnold's like, yeah, with a rock. Oh, okay. But I'm guessing what Danny wants to do is take a field trip to Manhattan, do something to try to break through this wall that Willis has that's kind of blocking out 1975. Oh, hopefully him seeing stuff is going to start bringing information back to him. He's going to start remembering things. At least that's what I'm ga gathering from this. So Mr. Drummond comes back and he's wondering where Danny and the boys are. And Mrs. Garrett tells him, well, Danny, as soon as he got here, kind of took off with the boys on a field trip. She doesn't know much about it other than, I guess, did they say they're going to Manhattan? I don't know. But they've been gone for a couple hours. 
I guess this Garrett is bringing up how the boys were all whooping and dancing, and Mr. Drummond's like, what, what? And then she starts doing the Native American, just very offensive. I just, I, I don't like it. Yeah, Mr. Drummond still is not about Danny. He doesn't see like this is making any progress for Willis. And Mrs. Garrett is kind of going to bat for Danny, saying, you know, he may kid around, but he's, you know, a very serious young man. And here come Arnold and Willis wearing yarmulkes, and they come and saying shalom. So Danny took the boys around Manhattan and showed them the first Jewish temple. And Willis, like, hey, Mr. Drummond, did you know that there were black people that were Jewish? Arnold says, some of our brothers are kosher. And the rabbi gave Willis and Arnold yarmulkes. So Mr. Drummond says, you know, I'm glad you learned something of cultural value, but I really wish you would be hitting the books a little harder. And he tells the boys, like, I really think Danny should be teaching you here, not taking it around on field trips to Manhattan. He is really, like, nuts. Like, I don't get it, Danny. It's just he's not who Mr. Drummond sees as a tutor. It's like he doesn't see, like, that he's helping the boys. It's like, even what is Willis's coursework? Like, what are his past assignments and stuff? Like, what has he been studying? Why don't you start from that? Ah, phew. I get it, you know, it's history, but what part of history have they been studying? Or what are they going to be studying in the next semester? Find out. And like, okay, let's get you ahead of the curve and everything like that. Let's get you up to speed. And Danny, I guess, took the boys to see Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I can see where Mr. Drummond is like, Danny, it's just not working out. He, I, he's, I'm not seeing any progress with Willis being made. And Mr. Drummond says, you know, I've had it. When he comes here tomorrow afternoon, I got a lesson for him. Shalom. <laughs> what has gotten into you two? Danny took us on a field trip around Manhattan and showed us the first Jewish temple. Do you know there are black people who are Jewish people? Some of our brothers are kosher. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbi gave us these. They're called Yamoka. <laughs> No, no, that's pronounced yamaka. Yeah. Even the Pope wears a little red one. <laughs> well, I'm glad you learned something of cultural value today. But I think you should be hitting the books a little harder. In fact, a lot harder. I think Danny should be teaching you here, not taking you on a tour of Manhattan. Did you know Manhattan is an island? That's right. When the settlers first came there, the Indians were on the shores to greet them. And the Indians' first words to the settlers were, Hey! You can't park there! <laughs> Daddy talks that. Oh, I'm not surprised. First of all, he comes in here cracking jokes. Then he thinks it's terrific that you throw books. Now he takes you on a sightseeing trip all day. You left out and took us to see the attack of the killer tomatoes. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So now looks like Mr. Drummond is going to, my guess is 
let Danny go. Like I'm not like I said, he's not seeing any progress being made. He's all Mr. Jokester. And I mean, Philip is you know, Mr. Drummond is paying Danny. I was like, I'm sorry, but if you're paying someone to tutor your kids and you're not seeing any progress being made or the grades are not getting better, it's like, what exactly? But these are just Danny's methods. So Mr. Drummond opens the door. Danny's like, hey, Mr. Drummond, how's my favorite rich person today? And Mr. Drummond says, well, you're not going to like him. He, he doesn't, Mr. Drummond does not mince words. He's like, you're fired. And Danny's like, what, why? And Mr. Drummond, which makes perfect sense, he says, because I want a teacher. I don't want a social director. Like, I don't need someone to be their buddy. I need someone to tutor them. So Danny, turns out Danny's methods, he, he's got a way about how he does things. And he tells Mr. Drummond's like, see, these kids spent their life in Harlem. They don't even know their own city. And Danny explains how New York has the richest ethnic traditions in any city in the world. And Danny's like, you know, besides that, I mean, there's still Willis's problem. And he's just like, I don't understand why Willis still has this block. Why does he have that? And Mr. Drummond just looks at Danny and says, look, Danny, you're just not my idea of a tutor. And Mr. Drummond explains to Danny, it's like, look, their mother died a few months ago and their father died a few years ago. And all of a sudden it clicks with Danny. It's like, wait, 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 wait. You said their father died a few years ago. Would that happen to be 1975? And Mr. Drummond's like, yeah, I think so. And Danny kind of figures it out because that is why Willis is blocking that out. So, since the parents died, Mr. Drummond informs Danny before Danny makes the 1975 and Willis's father passing away discovery. He says, it's my job to raise and educate these boys as I see fit. So, he says, I'm going to write you a check. And at first, Mr. Drummond doesn't understand, like, what 1975 and Willis's father's death have to do with anything you know, what they would have in common. And that's where Danny says, well, every time I ask Willis about something from 1975, his mind draws a blank. Danny says, I'm sure what Willis has is a break in learning or a traumatic experience that causes a block in a kid's mind. Well, that's the thing. When things like that happen, a traumatic experience, yeah, you probably do. Your mind automatically just blocks that out. And sometimes other things that surround that bad memory or whatever it is go along with that blockage. So you don't just lose the part that you're trying to block out. You lose other pieces of information that may not even really have anything to do with the bad memory. And he says Willis doesn't even know that he has this issue. And I don't like how Mr. Drummond is all like, well, they probably would have picked that up in public school. And Danny's like, how? There's so, teachers have so many kids that they need to teach and everything. It's like, yeah, a lot of these issues do fall through the cracks. 
And they're so worried about, you know, guns and school violence and drugs and everything. A lot of this learning disabilities do get... That's why, even in Punky Brewster, when they did the reading game from season four, the fact that that girl's, uh, Cherry's cousin Paula is like 11 years old, and she doesn't know how to read. But because she kept getting older, the teachers kept passing her. That's not doing anybody any good. And even the fact that, I mean, I get that a teacher has so many students, but if you see a kid struggling, don't you think you should try to find out why or at least let the parents know instead of waiting till report card day and just giving them their final grade? Like, especially if they go from, like, having a B all the way to having a D. It's like, that didn't just happen overnight. Yeah, Danny says the teacher, the classrooms are overcrowded. The teachers are too busy confiscating the guns, the knives, the grass. And Willis and Arnold come back, and Willis has got another note from the teacher. But it's a good note. He actually brought his grade up a, a little bit, which is great. So she even said, you know, with work continuing like this, he will get back on the basketball team. And I love that Mr. Drummond is just so proud of Willis. And Willis is proud of himself. You know, it's just... And that's a surprise. It's like, Danny has been helping them. Just because you haven't been seeing it, because you're not sitting in on, you know, his session with the kids and stuff, clearly his grade is in the teacher's report is reflecting that he is, is working. So Mr. Drummond ends up ripping up that check. Like, I, I would like if you would say and continue to tutor Willis and Arnold. And I guess that deal that Drummond had with Japan fell through. It's like, that's my offer, take it or leave it. And the guy, the person on the end just hangs up the phone. Like, I lost out on that deal. Like, well, it is what it is. And the thing that bothers me is, like, I know it's been two years since I originally saw this episode, but I thought there was more to it. But I honestly feel like the scene that I'm thinking of, of, I think, Willis and Arnold talking about, you know, his dad and everything like that, I honestly think that's in later seasons that that happens. I kept w waiting for it in this episode to happen. Like, he's talking about his dad and how, you know, his dad had gotten sick and passed away. But there isn't. And it just, all it is, and they don't even tell Willis. Like, I think that that's what's going on with you, Willis, is because of 1975 and that's the year that your father passed away and you blocked all that out. There isn't any of that. And even Mr. Drummond just brushes it off. Like, oh, well, they want to pick that up. I mean, that that was not important to me. It's like, this is a big, big breakthrough between your, I guess if you want to call a foster son or, or whatever. Because boys aren't officially adopted. But it's like, he just brushes it off like it's no big deal. It's like, no, nah, it's a big deal. I really wish we could have seen more of that breakthrough and him, you know, Danny still working with Willis, like trying to, I don't know. I don't know. I know, I know Danny's just a tutor. He's not a psychiatrist or anything like that, but it's just, 
this episode left me wanting more from this whole discovery. And just the fact, like I said, that Mr. Drummond's reaction was just, that was, that was poor. That was on the writers. I think that he should have had a bigger reaction. Or, I, I don't know. Or even bringing up to Willis. He could have brought that up to Willis, too. It's like, you realize this breakthrough, but you're not bringing it up to Willis. Like, I think this could be why you were having difficulty to begin with. He doesn't even address it. Ugh. Yeah, I also love how <laughs> Arnold's like, hey, when you get on to the Knicks team, I expect I expect free tickets. But I love how Willis is so proud of himself, too. And also, you know, he thanks Danny. Like, school isn't as bad as I thought it was. It's like, yeah, when someone helps you break it down and maybe makes it a little more fun and interesting and you get involved you're not just reading words on a page and, you know, taking in information. If it just, There are just so many interactive ways to get someone excited about learning and taking in information instead of just memorizing, like, facts and dates. So, yeah, I mean, I thought this was a good episode, but like I said, I honestly thought that it was lacking. Hi, Mr. Drummond. How's my favorite rich person today? You're not going to like him. <coughs> You're fired. But why? Because I want a teacher, not a social director. Oh, that. But you don't understand. That's all part of learning. Those kids spent their lives growing up in Harlem. They don't even know their own city. <coughs> New York has the richest ethnic traditions of any city in the world. Besides, there's still Willis's problem. Why does he have this block? Look, it boils down to this, Danny. You're just not my idea of a tutor. Now, understand, their mother died a few months ago. Their father died a few years ago. And now it's my responsibility to educate them as I see best. I'm going to write you a check. What did you just say? I said I will write you a check. No, no, no. Uh, about their father, that he died a few years ago? Could it have been in 1975? Yes. What about it? Well, every time I ask Willis a question about 1975, he draws a blank. I'm sure that what he has is what's called a, a, a break in learning. A traumatic experience causes a block in a kid, and he doesn't even know it. Well, they would have picked that up in public school. How can they? The classrooms are overcrowded. The teachers are too busy collecting the knives, the guns, the grass. <laughs> Check now, Mr. Drummond. All right. 
No wonder you're so rich. You write the checks, but you never spend them. <laughs> Not only was I wrong about you, Danny, but I'm very grateful for the discovery you made. It's going to help us all. I hope you want to stay and help Willis and Arnold. I thought you'd never ask. Ah, <laughs> uh, great. I'm glad you did Willis, I know that I can never replace your real father, but I'm going to do my best to be the next best possible dad you could have. Thanks. Uh, for, let's see... The, the rating for this episode, I'm going to give it, you know, I go, you know, one out of five. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I just, with the ending, I didn't like Drummond's reaction to Danny's discovery about Willis connecting, you know, the date his year his father died and Willis's problem and Drummond just brushing it off like it's no big deal. That really irritated me. And also the fact that Danny didn't bother to inform Willis about it. I just really wish they could have done that. From the Bowl of Abraham. So this is a little advice I like to give, you know, based on what I learned from the episode. If a child is having difficulties in school, don't blame the child. Just try to find out what is going on and the best way to kind of help them. You know, don't don't blame them. Don't blame the teacher. Just look at it as like, okay, this is a situation. We can we can figure this out, and the best way to resolve it. Because if you start pointing fingers and you start blaming, you're like that's not gonna help the situation get better. And then, but yeah. Also, another thing, if there's something going on that could be more serious when it comes to a child's learning, don't brush it off like, oh, the the teacher should have found that out or. Look, don't take Mr. Drummond's approach, because I, like I said, that, that was weak. That was just weak. So, all right. Well, like I said at the beginning of the episode, next month for March, I will be covering the season, for heaven's sake. Sorry, let me get back into it. All right. I'm going to be covering season to episode one and two. It's a two-parter, so I'll be doing it all in one. Arnold's Girlfriend, part one, which aired on, actually it looks like it was an hour-long episode, September 21st, 1979. All right, so in this episode, Arnold must have an epinectomy. Fred Tanner wants his daughter Alice put in a bedroom away from Arnold. When the two learn of this, they run away. When Arnold goes to the doctor complaining of severe stomach pains, he meets a girl named Alice. Alice's father, Fred Tanner, is a wealthy Omaha cattleman who is interested. This is very detailed. And one of Mr. Drummond's business ventures, Drummond tears up a $500,000 check from him when he discovers the man is a bigot. Oh, I remember. It gets very heated between Mr. Drummond and Alice's father. So I will wait in on... Talk about part two when I get to part two. So, all right, everybody. I hope you all have a good week. And please continue to use precautions. Bye-bye.